The following presentation of Walking Through the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions is from a previous broadcast and is a production of Take 12 Recovery Radio. Some portions of this show may have included promotions or giveaways that were time-sensitive and may no longer be applicable. To listen and download more of Walking Through the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, visit our website at take12radio.com and click on Recovery Workshops. I've got to give it up. The views expressed on this episode of Walking Through the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions with Chris Schroeder do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or our affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Now here's those two guys who investigate prior to contempt, Chris and the Monty Man. Well, greetings one and all to another fine episode of Walking Through the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions with Chris Schroeder and myself. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Monty. How's it going this week? It is a beautiful 70 degrees out, not a cloud in the sky. It's been that way now for about a week here uh, up in uh, beautiful Albany, Oregon. Well, we are uh, moving into Tradition 4 um, out of the book, The Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions. And uh, Chris, you're going to take us through this today. Um, I've got I've got some questions about this one because this one always confused me a little bit. So go ahead, buddy. Take us take us well, out. Well, sure, I absolutely will. You know, this, this, this tradition uh, is uh, basically about autonomy and about, uh, uh, you know, groups affecting uh, other groups or AA as a whole. It, it's a very, very good tradition. Um, again, uh, you know, I'll go, I'll go back to this. I think every single tradition uh, show that we've done, uh, I've mentioned the fact that uh, the problem statement is tradition one. Uh, group unity uh, must be maintained, and and uh, uh, you know, a healthy a healthy climate for group unity must be maintained, and that's the whole point. Just like in step one, you know, you need you're powerless and you need power. Uh, uh, in tradition one, uh, you know, group unity must be maintained. And, you know, Bill was, uh, Bill was, uh, uh, certainly someone who would pay attention. This was his baby. You know, he, he was really the principal architect of the book, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. He was basically the, the person who was, uh, uh, allowing, uh, Al- Alcoholics Anonymous to grow through his, his PR and, you know, his, his constant attention uh, to, uh, to to making the fellowship uh, strong, so that the program would have a, a safe place to re- place to reside, and he was always about that. But he was also very pragmatic, very practical man. He, you know, he knew how far you could push an alcoholic. He knew he knew what would drive alcoholics away. I don't think there was anyone who had a better perspective on. Uh, the the persona, you know, the personality, the character traits of the alcoholic than than Bill Wilson. In his literature, he just, if you're an alcoholic, he pins you to the wall in his (laughs) literature, and there's nowhere to go. He's just so right about, you know, so many things. 
He was not a perfect person. Don't get me wrong, but he, he certainly uh, certainly uh, paid attention to and really understood uh, the the, al- the alcoholic and the behavior of the alcoholic. So, so um, when he was putting together these traditions, the ba- the basic uh, uh, the basic reasoning uh, or purpose of these traditions was. Uh, to seek to promote healthy uh, group unity, uh, to keep Alcoholics Anonymous from making mistakes that were made in the past, to keep from repeating those same mistakes, uh, and to show best practices. Really, you know, what 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 are the best practices for a healthy group? Well, what what seems to work in a group and what doesn't? Uh, now, one of the things that uh, that I'm so against is in 12-step groups that use these uh, uh, these traditions, is you don't always get somebody who wants to play tradition police. You know, uh, alcoholics have, I don't know if you know this, Monty, but alcoholics can have oversized egos. <laughs> it, it might be news to you, but sometimes they can even be grandiose, if you can imagine. Yeah. And I know you've never bumped into anybody like that. And, and any no. of the support groups that you go to. And certainly not anybody in the mirror. Yeah, that's like the most dangerous thing about uh, grandiosity. Is it, 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 it certainly is, is, can, can happen to any of us. But, uh, but, uh, but, but anyway, you know, with, with certain grandiose people, you know, they'll pick up a 12 and 12 and, and they'll read the black part of the traditions. And, you know, they'll seek to become the the lawyer, the, the group lawyer. And they'll, they'll want to have business meeting after group conscience, after group inventory, ad infinitum. And they'll want to, uh, they'll want to pound the, the living daylights out of everybody who they see is not towing the line according to the traditions. Well, that's not a proper application of the traditions. A proper application of the traditions would be to not just see tradition four, but to see it in perspective with tradition one. Does that make any sense? Mm, yeah, well said. Like, you need to understand uh, the purpose of the tradition to be able to apply it well. Uh, you know, I, I, have seen, I have seen groups uh, uh, blow up, and I've heard tell of groups blow up because of, uh, you know, the, the radical and persistent uh, unspiritual application of the traditions, you know, as a, as a, uh, a divisive uh, uh, tool. You know, uh, right. I've seen I've seen factions develop in groups, and you know the people who who want the the treasurer report, you know, done and want to know where the money is, and and the people who are like, well, we've never bothered with doing a treasurer report in the middle of the meeting before, you know, why do we have to do it now? You know, and and simple things like that can cause schism. Uh, that uh, has far-reaching implications. You know, uh, groups groups will will dissolve, and uh, you know, uh, somebody will grab the coffee pot and take it somewhere else. And, and you know, I've I've definitely seen that happen uh, time after time after time. And, and you can there can be lasting damage. You know, people can end up drunk uh, or, or high over uh, something like this. So. So again, the, the proper application of the traditions is is, uh, is very important, and, and they are spiritual <laughs> principles, and and they are traditions. They are not laws, 
and you have just as much right to break them if you're a group, as we'll see in this tradition, as you have to, you know, you've got even more of a right to break them than you would have a right right to punish someone for not following. And, and you know, there. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So anyway, let's get started. Let's read. Well, let me make. I want to make one statement though, because, because uh, something sure. that I noticed. Um, I I I think. I'm going to make an observation here, and I may be way out in left field, but I kind of of doubt that I am. Um, One of the things that I've noticed about those of us who have come into this recovery process of the 12 steps and uh, have been in the rooms and and have had our our big old nose in the book and, and things like that, is that one of the things, one of our character defects is many times is we think very highly of ourselves. And uh, we want to appear to be the king when maybe we're just one of the knights, you know? And uh, one of the things that I used to do uh, years ago, I was really great at snowing people. I could get a job in upper management in just about any company that you could think of by snowing my way in. And I, I... was very proud of that. And I got myself to the point where I was actually believing I deserved that promotion that quickly. The problem was that because I was up there in the ranks so high, the next step was even higher and I wasn't qualified for that one. So I'd have to sabotage my job to save face. You understand what I'm saying? I, I do. Okay. I, it's a bit of, of, uh, of grandiosity. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think I think the alcoholic is like that. I think we I think uh, alcoholics and drug addicts suffer from um, you know maybe a little bit of lack of self esteem coupled with a with a very uh, overarching ego. Yes, and and that sounds that sounds incompatible, but it's but it's it's really the way things are for for many of us. You know, we yeah. we we truly believe we have a unique perspective on the world and how it works, and we're right. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And so and so what what I what I've noticed in uh in business meetings, many times you have folks that they're real sticklers for Robert's rules, you know, Robert's rules of orders, and they're real sticklers uh, with them. Well, I've done some studying on that stuff, and what I've noticed is they don't know they know very little, actually, about Robert's rules. They think they do, and they like to come across as very businesslike. And so the, they'll try to uh, run a business meeting based on Robert's rules and try to do it, you know, A, B, C, D, E. And really, they're all over the map. And and I sit back and I watch, and I have to crack up because I remember being like that, and you know, trying to – trying to get people to, to, to think that I actually know what I'm doing when I really don't know what I'm doing at all and making a mess of things. <laughs> it, it's, it's sad. It's sad to say. And, you know, I'll make a statement that will probably get me a little bit of criticism too, but there's a, there's a personality that suffers from what we've been talking about that loves the service structure of these 12-step organizations. They love to be the DCMs and the trustees and the GSRs and the, the, the treatment facility coordinators and all this. And, uh, and if, if they haven't recovered to a point where 
you know, they they actually experience a little bit of humility and a little bit of, you know, right size. They have the they have the capacity to really muck things up. Uh, you know, uh, I'll tell I'll tell you that there are, there are areas and groups that I know about that uh, you know well there's at least uh, um, uh, uh, actually there's there's places where the lights have gone out. In other words, there's districts uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous. You have areas, and that can be like a whole state. And then you have districts, which can include you know up to a hundred or two hundred or three hundred meetings. And and that's a district. And there are districts that have that have gone completely dark, which means there's no no uh, GSR meetings. There's no there's no service meetings, and and that's that can happen. And that can happen basically because of bad uh, people in in the service structure that drive everybody else out. If you've got some kind of power driver who just wants to slam down the you know the Roberts rule book of rules or whatever. Whatever you were talking about, everybody else is going to say, "I don't need this." You know, I'm not getting paid for this. I'll see you later. And uh, and you know, I've seen I've seen that happen too. That's one of the reasons why if if I had if I had my way, everyone everyone would have to have somebody saying, you know, yes, I took that man through the steps. Uh, they have made all their amends. They pray and meditate, and they're sponsoring other people before we would let them take on one of these commitments. You know, they would, yeah. would be an experienced, recovered member before you would allow them to muck up, you know, the service structure. Because half the time, people wouldn't know a step if it bit them on the butt, money in those service structures. I know. <laughs> and and that does mean something, you yeah, know? I mean, you know, it's it's the difference between an experienced, informed person and an inexperienced, uninformed person. You know, which who would you rather have? You know, yeah. But anyway, let's let's get let's get reading. All right. Um, I am on, I am on page one forty six of the book Twelve Tests and Twelve Traditions. Tradition four: Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Autonomy is a ten dollar word, but in relation to us, it means very simple that every AA group can manage it, its affairs exactly as it pleases, except when AA as a whole is threatened. Comes now the same question raised in Tradition one. Isn't such liberty foolish, foolishly dangerous? Over the years, every conceivable deviation from our 12 steps and traditions has been tried. There was sure, uh, that was sure to be. Since we are so largely a band of ego-driven individualists, children of chaos, we have defiantly played with every brand of fire only to emerge unharmed, and we think wiser. These very deviations created a vast process of trial and error, which, under the grace of God, has brought us to where we stand today. When AA's traditions were first published in 1946, we had become sure that an AA group could stand almost any amount of battering. We saw that the group, exactly like the individual, must eventually conform to whatever tested principles would guarantee survival. We had discovered that there was perfect safety in the process of trial and error. So confident of this had we become that the original statement of AA uh, tradition carried this significant sense. Any two or three alcoholics gathered together for sobriety, they call themselves an AA group, provided that as a group they have no other affiliation. You know, I want to go back to where he basically says that we saw that the group, exactly like the individual, must con- eventually conform to whatever tested principles would guarantee survival. That's That's the important part, I think, in this tradition. There's latitude. There's latitude to do it your way. 
and and there's no police. There shouldn't be any police to come in, you know, or, or, or you know, the tradition Gestapo. Should there shouldn't be anything like that to come in and straighten you out. Uh, what happens is a group either conforms to principles adequate for its survival, or it doesn't. You know, the, the punisher is never, or never should be, some intergroup committee from on high. Uh, you know, my God, I can't tell you how, how many intergroups I've seen uh, really think that they're, they're the boss when, when they're merely a trusted servant and should be listening to what the groups want, you know. Right. But there should never be oversight <laughs> from, like, an intergroup or something saying that you're doing it wrong. And, you, you know, you shouldn't be in the book or something because you, you, you don't have a process or a procedure that they particularly care about. There should be the latitude to put uh, groups together. And, and what happens is the leveler, uh, the automatic leveler, is, uh, is, is the spiritual leveler. If the group is either going to be spiritual enough to survive or, it, or people are going to disappear and the, the group is, is going to disappear. You know, uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, Monty, is like a big self-cleaning oven. Uh, all, all the, all the dirt and gristle burns off. <laughs> and you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it does not, it does not stay around. And over the course of time, good groups grow and groups that may not, you know, have the right characteristics to appeal to newcomers don't. Or they even diminish in size and scope. Uh, that can happen too. So, so you know, this is a more of an organic uh, process. It's either going to be healthy or it's not. It doesn't need a lot of official oversight. Do, do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do. In fact, I had a service sponsor when I was really frustrated. I was in the middle of service work uh, on, on conference level and that kind of thing. Say to me, uh, number one, trust God. Number two, Embrace the process, and all will be well. But you have to do it in that order. And that made sense to me. And so it, it kind of – I calmed down, you know, because I thought, okay, wait. God is bigger than all this stuff we're going through right now. So I'll tr- trust, trust him that he's working through the process. It's not me working through the process. He's working through it. Um, whether people in service even believe in him or not, the truth is the truth. And I, I have that self-cleaning oven thing. That, that's just beautiful. That's a beautiful example because it happens all the time, and it just has a way of working out. You know, it does. It, we, we, if we, listen, if we don't keep our motives right, we're going to get drunk. If we keep our motives right, you know, we're probably going to be a positive influence in the group, in the, the health of the group. And, you know, that's really the, the thing that works. You know, also in this paragraph, Monty, it talks about having no other affiliation. Now, now normally this isn't a problem. I don't know too many 12-step groups or fellowships, you know, that I'm aware of uh, that have other affiliations. But I, I've seen attempts made by certain people to mm-hmm. affiliate. Uh, you know, uh, uh, one of them was there was a treatment center not too far from me here in New Jersey 
that was that, that wanted uh, wanted Alcoholics Anonymous to come in as as a commitment, but to do so they needed to undergo an initiation orientation because there was certain things that this treatment center was going to allow, and there's certain things that they weren't, and you needed to be able to fit into their program and say the things that they wanted you to say to be able to go in there. Now, some of the people uh, in in the group in the AA groups that didn't really understand the non affiliation part of our traditions, uh, uh, the, you know, the AA traditions, basically what they did was they went through this orientation because they wanted to have the commitment. Well, that's, that's a direct violation. You know, I, you know, uh, your 12-step fellowship is either going to be what it's going to be right. and talk about what's real or, or, or it's not. If, if a treatment center wants to interfere with the process, then you can't go to that treatment center without violating this tradition. Yeah, you know yeah, I'm yeah. We had that. Uh, we had a thing uh, here in town called Steps to Victory, and it was a, it was a twelve a faith based twelve step fellowship, and we were meeting uh, in a church, and the church after a year decided they wanted to tell us some. They wanted us to start teaching some of the things that they thought we should be teaching, and we had we even though we weren't you know in the mainstream twelve step fellowships. Uh, we still abided by the same kind of tradition outline, and we had to we had to excuse ourselves and meet somewhere else. You know, a couple of times uh, in New Jersey, twice I've seen this happen. Is uh, is uh, mem- members members of uh, of real evangelical churches? I mean, you know, the the real the, the real enthusiastic uh-huh. uh, uh, churches. What's happened is is they've had members who you know wanted to put together twelve step fellowships. And within that process, the, the, the ministers or the leadership of these particular churches uh, basically made it known uh, to the people in the 12-step fellowship. So the 12-step fellowship is fine, but, you know, the whole purpose of this whole world and everything else is uh, membership in that particular church and, and you know, becoming a, a born-again member of that church. Yeah. Now, I, I have no problem. I have no problem with somebody becoming a born-again member of a church. I have a real problem with that being a requirement for 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 uh, a twelve step fellowship to be in that particular right. Absolutely, uh, it, you know, and and every once in a while something like that happens. And I think it happens more and more because well, there's different reasons. A really really strong group, uh, you know, down down in South Jersey uh, uh, has to meet in one of those mega churches because. Uh, of the amount of people that show up, you know, it's in the hundreds. Mm-hmm. So they, they they have to go to a place that can hold them, and and that particular place is is uh, is is forever, you know, trying to initiate uh, church membership and evangelical, you know, uh, uh, proselytizing and and uh, and missionarying. And you know, the the two just don't 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 work. Now, if it's part of somebody's eleven step process or part of somebody's you know faith process. That, that's that's one thing, but uh, you know you can you can uh, you can do damage to yeah. uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or any uh, any members or whatever by uh, you know by uh, by coming off that way, and I think that's really against uh, uh, traditions. And, and where that happens, uh, one must exit and and, and uh, go to a place where yeah. where it's not going to happen. Ninety nine point nine percent of the church's money don't do that. Right. But but every every once in a while you get somebody that has just. Just a, you know an unbelievable amount of zeal and very little uh, 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 very little common sense, 
and uh, you know it that'll happen. And, and this is one of the reasons, is it not? This is one of the reasons why we like to pay our way. And and and, and uh, I know we we had an NA meeting uh, meet in our church uh, for years, and they they paid a small uh, rental fee, not because the church was charging them that, but because they insisted on that because they wanted there to be a def- it, to be a business agreement, not something that was. Yes. bringing the church philosophy into the NA meeting. And he, he, here's what happened. It was amazing. Because our church didn't do that stuff that that's, that a few does, a lot of the people that attended that NA meeting ended up uh, in their in their spiritual uh, walk, in their spiritual awakening, giving their lives over to uh, the Judeo-Christian God and ended up attending that church and other ones in the community. And you know what was beautiful about it? That church never once uh, put any kind of demands on that meeting at all. You know, but that's really that. You know, that's really going to work for a church mission more than, uh, than 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 trying to require them to. No, or, I know, I know. Or, or or going to group members and saying, "How come we don't get more church members out of your group?" I mean, you know, <laughs> the right way and the wrong way to do everything. Uh, you know, a lot of times alcoholics need an invitation. Uh, they, they they don't need an ultimatum. That's right. You know, you know what I mean. Let me ask you well, this: uh, 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 There was an example, and and uh, there was a group in a small community close to here, an AA group and an NA group. They both met in this little scout hut. Okay, it just happened to be that the AA members and the NA members were the exact to the person, the exact members. <laughs> so when they, they they would have their AA meeting, it was the smallest about twelve people. They'd have their AA meeting, right? And then they right afterwards would be the NA meeting. And it was the same people. And it was interesting to watch because the lease on the building was, you know, you know from experience how, how crazy that can be. So the lease on the building was from somebody in AA, but they happened to be in NA as well. And so there was this, always this conflict of, ah, oh, we're, we're affiliating with each other. But they're the same people for crying out loud. And so this is where I take a step back and I go, all right, rule 62, guys. You know, don't take this so seriously that you end up cutting yourselves off at the knees. Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> kind of strange. But you know, I don't really see a problem with it. It's, no, it was funny though. Pressure, <laughs> pressure to affiliate. You know, there should there should yeah. never be uh, pressure to affiliate. Um, back to the book. This meant, of course, that we had been given the courage to declare each AA group as an individual entity, strictly reliant on its own conscience as a guide to action. In chartering this enormous expanse of freedom, we found it necessary to post only two storm signals. A group ought not to do anything which would greatly injure AA as a whole, nor ought it affiliate itself with anything or anybody else. There would be real danger should we commence to call some groups wet, others dry, still others Republican or Communist, and yet others Catholic or Protestant. The AA group would have to stick to its course or be hopelessly lost. Sobriety had to be its sole objective. In all other respects, there was perfect freedom of will and action. Every group had the right to be wrong. I love that. It's one of my favorite yeah. statements. Every group has the right to be wrong. That, that doesn't mean we, we foolishly uh, defy tradition just because we want to be different. Uh, that, that's not a, a smart way to go. 
But if if there's a solid reason for doing something a little bit different than the group down the street, then uh, then I then I think uh, I think that you know you should be allowed to do that. When AA was still young, lots of eager groups were forming. In town we'll call Milltown, a real crackerjack had started up. The townspeople were as hot as firecrackers about it. Uh, stargazing, the elders dreamed of innovations. They figured the town needed a great big alcoholic center, a kind of pilot plant AA groups could duplicate everywhere. Beginning on the ground floor, there would be a club. In the second story, there would be they would sober up drunks and hand them currency for their back debt. The third deck would house an educational project, quite non-controversial, of course. In imagination, the gleaming center was to go up several stories more, uh, but three uh, would do for a start. This would all take a lot of money, other people's money. Believe it or not, wealthy town folk bought the idea. There were, though, a few conservative dissenters among the alcoholics. They wrote the foundation, A's headquarters in New York, wanting to know about this sort of streamlining. They understood that the elders, just to nail things down good, were about to apply to the foundation for a charter. Uh, these few were disturbed and skeptical. Of course, there was a promoter in the deal, a super promoter. By his eloquence, he allayed all fears, despite advice from the foundation that it could issue no charter, and that ventures which mixed an AA group with medication and education had come to sticky ends elsewhere. To make things safer, the promoter organized three corporations that became president of them all. <laughs> Fresh painted, the new center shone. The warmth of it all spread through the town. Soon things began to hum. To ensure foolproof, continuous operation, 61 rules and regulations were adopted. But alas, this bright scene was not long in darkening. Confusion replaced serenity. It was found that some drunks yearned for education but doubted that they were alcoholics. The personality defects of others could be cured, maybe with a loan. Some were club-minded, but it, uh, it was just a question of taking care of the lonely heart. Sometimes the swarming applicants would go for all three floors. Some would start at the top and come through to the bottom, becoming club members. Others started in the club, pitching a bench, were hospitalized, then graduated to education on the third floor. It was a beehive of activity, all right, but unlike a beehive, it was a, it was a confusing compounded. An AA group had such ships they couldn't handle this sort of project. All too late, that was discovered. Then came the inevitable explosion, something like the day that the boiler burst in Wombly's clapboard factory. A, a chill choke damp of fear and frustration fell over the group. When that lifted, a wonderful thing happened. The head promoter wrote the foundation office. He said he wished he'd paid some attention to AA experience. Then he did something else that was to become an AA classic. It went on a little card about golf score size. The cover read, Middletown Group Number 1, Rule Number 62. Once the card was unfolded, a single pungent sentence leaped to the eye. Don't take yourself too damn seriously. Uh, thus it was that under Tradition 4, an AA group had exercised its right to be wrong. Moreover, it had performed a great service for Alcoholics Anonymous because it had been humbly willing to apply the lessons it learned. It had picked itself up with laugh and gone on to better things. Even the chief architect, standing in the ruins of his dream, could laugh at himself. And that was the very acme of humility. And, you know, the, the, the Wompley clapboard factory example <laughs> is a good example, Monty. It's a good example yeah. of keeping ha people having good motives, uh, but piling a little bit too much on what AA or, or what any 12-step organization should do. 
there should be a primary purpose. Uh, there should be non-affiliation, and, and there should be uh, they, they should you know kind of keep it keep it simple. And remember that uh, uh, that AA works. NA works. These these A's work. They don't need somebody who's sober three days coming in and saying, "Let me help you improve this." You know, uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a master uh, a business architect. You know, let me come in and. And fix this up. Listen, the, the jury has been in for a long time. Uh, we pretty much know what works and what doesn't work. If you want to bend a little, bend this and bend that a little bit, uh, because there's specific reasons that make sense, you know, please go ahead. Uh, but we do have some best practices for you to pay attention to so that you don't end up uh, like uh, the boiler in Wombly's clapboard factory. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, what has been your experience with clubhouses? Uh, not a lot. Uh, not 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 a lot. Uh, I, I can't say that I'm I'm an expert on them. Yeah. I do know what the tra- what the traditions say about them, and that they have to be separately incorporated. And you know the <coughs> members of the board of the clubhouse, you know, need to keep that separate from uh, the group consciences of the meetings. You know, I know there has to be a separation of church and state there. Um, sure. But, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in the New Jersey area where I live, uh, clubhouses are problematic because of uh, the, the price for, for square footage. You, you know, the square footage costs in the tri-state area money uh, would make it, you, you know, you would have to put $10 in the basket every time you went in there wow. to be able to pay, pay the rent. The, the only thing that works really well in uh, the tri-state area is, is uh, you know, churches, because churches have a tendency to uh, uh, to give low rent because they, they uh, you know, they get certain tax credits, not tax breaks, but they, they get certain advantages for putting programs that uh, are socially useful into their buildings. And, uh, and, and the 12-step fellowships fall into place with that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they get... Uh, you know, there's there's extra benefits to them, uh, you know, within uh, you know within different financial structures uh, to uh, allowing twelve uh, fellowships in, so they'll keep the rent low, and, and and that's the only thing that works here. And there's other places where, for a song and a dance, you can buy uh, buy a a store in a strip mall. Uh, I've seen that happen too. And, you know, for ten grand, you can buy a store in a strip mall and turn it into an AA club, and you know. Uh, charge the meetings a certain amount of money uh, to, to be there and, you know, put together a, a, a committee for, you know, the for, for the clubhouse. And, and, and you know, I've, I know that that works. When it works, it works well. Uh, I know that it can also be problematic. And, and again, it, it's all about the, the, the personalities. Do, do people put principles over personalities or do they let their ego run amok? You know, that's usually what happens. That's usually what the problems are. In in, uh, <clears throat> in Albany, uh, we have, for the town its size, which is about 40,000, we have an enormous amount of 12-step meetings going on constantly. Um, the the hub of that is a, a, a AA group called Group One, and it's a sister group of a group that was formed in, in Salem, Oregon, which is about a half hour north of here. Uh, group One has been around longer than the traditions have. They have always uh, leased a building, kind of like you're talking about, uh, uh, in a strip mall, in one of these small kind of places or an independent building. And 
that has enabled them to basically decorate the rooms how they want to, which is always nice. I mean, it's always nice to be able to put stuff up and not have to take it down every meeting and take it home with you, you know. Uh, whereas all the other meetings in town, which there's quite a few, uh, are are renting space from churches or meeting halls, and they have to pack their stuff up. And I, I got to tell you, uh, for years I, I did that with a particular 12-step fellowship where I – packed up all the stuff. I was secretary and I had boxes of stuff I threw in the back of our van and took them and set them up. And there was there was something to be said about that, I will tell you. Uh, that kind of service, uh, there's something about that. I mean, it was, it was just a good, healthy thing. But it is nice to have your own place. You know what I mean? To kind of call home and, and uh, where you don't have to worry about, you know, somebody else coming in and, and, changing things around and, and that kind of thing. Um, and I, I just, for whatever it's worth, I just wanted to mention that. But I have a question for you about Al-Anon. And I know this, okay. this question comes up uh, a lot uh, with uh, people asking me. Uh, okay, Alcoholics Anonymous talks about not being affiliated. And yet, it certainly seems like there's a big contradiction there going on between AA and Al-Anon. Uh, you go to um, uh, you go to a, a, an AA Christmas party, for instance. They've got an AA speaker and an Al-Anon speaker. You go to an Al-Anon party, they've got an AA speaker and an Al-Anon speaker. But you would never see an NA speaker showing up at an AA Christmas party. Uh, I understand the history because of the wives and all that kind of thing. But aren't they kind of crossing the line there a little bit if you want to get really technical? Well, yeah, yeah, they're 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 crossing the line when there's a women's meeting. They're crossing the line when there's a gay meeting. They're crossing the line when there's an airline pilot meeting. Uh, mm. Those those all, those are all tradition breaking uh, entities, uh, uh, but uh, but they they seem to work, and that and that's that's one of the reasons why it's, you know in certain circumstances it's it's uh, particularly fine to 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 break the traditions. As far as the AA Al-Anon. Uh, uh, kind of camaraderie that they seem to have together. There's been a spirit of cooperation and, and non-affiliation. That, that's how it'll be explained to you, you know, in the service structure. They'll say, "Oh, we're we're merely cooperating," you know. You know? And, uh, and 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 another thing, another thing to to be aware of is a lot of times roundups, a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, uh, different different uh, things, you know, big book workshops or whatever. They're not really. AA or NA or CA. They're kind of outside of the parameters. Uh-huh. Yes, somebody's yes, somebody's teaching out of the big book, but it can't be considered an AA group. It doesn't, it doesn't have representation, you know, uh, with with inner group or general service. It, you know, it's it's kind of a one off. You know, and 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 that's why at a roundup you'll have Al-Anon speakers and AA speakers, but you're probably not going to have a CA or an NA speaker. That's just kind of traditions, but you probably could if somebody wanted to, mm-hmm. because it's not really under the banner of a particular 12-step. Now, they'll have uh, AA conventions, which are, uh, you, you know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, but so many of the things that are going on today operate outside of the scope of of the service structure, because the service structure is just cumbersome and, and, a, and a pain in the butt, and, you know, people just don't want to play the stupid games. So they'll just they'll, they'll just put out flyers, 
you know, yeah. okay, we're having a we're having a icky paw or we're, or we're having a roundup, you know, and they'll just put out the flyers. They're not going to go and request permission from some you know uh, journal service structure that'll take them six months just to answer a letter. They're not going to deal with that, so they'll, they'll just put something together. But there are there are general service committees that put together state conventions and stuff like that. That's like a different thing. We we had a uh, we had a uh, a group of folks that decided they wanted to do a car wash, and this always brings up fear because what if you damage somebody's car and then AA is liable or NA is liable and, and all that kind of thing. So what they did was um, they separated themselves from their twelve step fellowship and they formed uh, what you could call I guess an ad hoc group uh, that was totally separate from. AARNA, and they were called Clean and Sober Citizens. And they had a car wash. And there was no affiliation, so there was no problem. They raised money, and then they kind of, you know, turned around, and because they were members uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous, then they took the money that they personally gained, and they donated it to AA. They found a loophole, basically what they did. Um, yeah, that's that's a smart loophole, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I, I I wouldn't have a big problem with that. I didn't I think as, as I think as a member, you're allowed uh, like a two thousand dollar a year uh, contribution amount as a member. Right. You know, and if it's your money, you can you can go ahead and you can contribute it. Uh, you know, I think I think again, you know, um, uh, if that seems to work for a group, you know, God. God bless you. There's no such thing as tradition police that can come in and get you for it. Uh, if it's if it's going to end up not working, if there's something spiritually corrupt about it, right? Uh, that'll that'll show up. That'll show up in the uh, you know in the in the in the force of the meeting. There'll be a disturbance in the force. <laughs> well, there there was one. There was one. Believe me, what they found that they had to do is, and they've done it since then. Uh, but they they didn't count the costs, and now they have, and they they've decided. Well, we'll just put up with it. They found themselves having to explain themselves to individuals constantly, because people would say, "Well, you can't do that," and they'd have to explain themselves. We're not doing it as members of AA. We're doing it as individual citizens in the community. Well, then you can't give the money. Well, yeah, it's our personal money, and because we're members of AA, we we can give it. And, and people didn't get it. They 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 couldn't see past the uh, the tradition Nazism, I, I I guess. And so, uh, whenever they've done this, they've found themselves in a predicament of having to explain themselves. But then it calms down, and it it all works itself out. Thus, Rule sixty two, I suppose. Sure. <laughs> well, this this has been very informative. Uh, you're we're always going to have people that that are um you know think that they're the god ordained guardians of whatever and uh that's just the way the way it is because we have different personalities within our 12 step fellowships and and some people are very authoritative some people are very submissive some people are very passive uh and those are things that are just part of our makeup and some of those things God will, will change and mold and, and, uh, and work uh, with us through the process of the steps. And some of those things we're just stubborn and it takes a little bit longer to, to do it, but it is amazing to me, uh, how well this thing works, even with all the, uh, 
the ins and outs and the weirdnesses. It, it, it still amazes me, which tells me when people ask me, do you really think God's alive and well in Alcoholics Anonymous? I go, look around you. How could he not be? We're all insane. Oh, yeah. You know, how could we not be? <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, next week, uh, we're going to be talking about Tradition 5. Have a hey, partner. Have a, have a delightful day. Uh, stay in the line, folks. Don't forget our email address, take12radio at comcast.net. All right. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Chris Schroeder, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Yeah.